We are back for around 10 slash 11 review. Um, things are still pretty weird. Uh, we will also do a preview of round 11 slash 12. Um, things are strange. How are you, Mr. Smith? <laughs> oh, look, I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. Arthur or Arthur, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're kind of almost at the end of a round and halfway. Uh, it's, yeah, bizarre. So this, this bizarre button. There's a few things. Every day, that's good. Sorry, mate, you go. I was just saying, footy every day, that's good. Yeah, it is good. This is the, well, it, it, I have to admit, at times it is a bit tiring. Like, I, to, the, like this morning, I was like, oh, two games. Like, wow, like again, another double header. <laughs> and I like watching the game. But I've always, it's funny because I've always wondered, like, following NBA, I've always wondered, obviously, when you watch NBA, there's, you know, games on constantly because they play, you know, so many games in a year. And so I many games. Like, I wonder what it would be because AFL is probably my favourite sport, and I was like, I wonder like what it would be like if it was AFL. And it, it, it's it's the same same thing. It's, it's pretty tough. It is um very uh, it does get quite exhausting. Um, but this is the first. This will mark the first time that we've recorded while a game's being played. So we're recording Monday, uh, the tenth of August, uh, just before nine o'clock. So the Frio um, Hawthorne game we're going is going on now. Uh, we just had to call it because otherwise we'd be because it's such a late start. It's eight forty start. We'd be recording at like twelve, twelve thirty by the time we get everything set up and then done by one thirty two. It's it's too much. So and anyone who's heard uh, one of our previous episodes, early days, early in our uh, would realise that it gets very very yeah, loose after about ten thirty at night when we record, yeah. um, and not so easy to comprehend what we're saying. It'd be too much. So this is the this is the first time that's the case. There's also, as you pointed out, just before we started recording, there's also eleven games to look at. So initially we were like, oh, like how long is this going to go for? But I think, to be honest, now that we're you know over the halfway mark as well, um, there's there's a bunch of games in here. There's very little. There's a few definitely like yeah. this 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 round and a bit had really everything. There were some incredible games and then there were some absolutely, like, nothing games. Busted that, asses. That show, well, the games that just showed us exactly what we've already seen. So there was really nothing yeah, it, to, it, to it's, discuss. In, 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 a, in a funny way, it's no dissimilar, not too dissimilar to seasons gone past. Halfway season, we start to see the teams that are really legit yeah. and teams that uh, are way off the mark. Yeah, exactly. So I think... I think there was a few get a few few things that were you know there were more full stops attached to yeah. already the full stops. But um, before we get Sorry. going, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hopster Home. Hopster Home is a craft beer delivery service that you can uh, set up with hopsterhome.com.au. Um, so basically, it's a craft beer delivery service. If this is the first time you're hearing about it, they've been really good sponsors of ours since the very beginning, um, pretty much. So almost right back to the start. Um, you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get twenty five dollars off your first pack. Uh, and you get a great selection of craft beers. Uh, they buy, so they're based out of Melbourne, but they do ship all across Australia, um, you know, whether you're regional or, or metro. Um, they do buy craft beers. They're not sort of too heavily leading towards Victoria. They do buy craft beers from all across uh, the country, and then they you know, coordinate them into packs. Uh, they arrange things with the brewery as well really well, so you're basically drinking um, beers, you know, that have just been canned. So they're super fresh and, and all ready to go. Um, yeah, and at the moment, if you're in Victoria, we're still we're obviously still in Victoria, um, and we're, we're what are we two weeks into the lockdown now? Still uh, quite look, a while away to go. Uh, 
that's Groundhog Day here, Trent, my old mate. Groundhog Day, I don't know. I could be Tuesday, be 23, and I wouldn't know. I actually said that the other day. I actually said to um, my uh, wife, I was like, it, it, it literally feels like eat, wash, work, rinse, repeat. Like, it's just the same yeah. over and over. So, at least you've got a different glass of wine every day. Is that? But aside from that, that's something uh. that varies. <laughs> <laughs> through, through the day, different vintages, different different wineries, different regions. No, and different beers as well with Hopstone. But um, yeah, check out hopstone.com.au. Um, really great sponsors of ours and um, yeah, very, very good supporters. And good to support a local business as well. Obviously, you know, Dan Murphy's and Coles, um, you know, recording massive profits. And that's obviously, you know, good for the economy, you know, as well. But at the same time, you know, it's important to support the, um, the smaller guys. So... Absolutely, diversity is good, and keep on keep an eye out for everything that Ed at Beyond the Game TV is doing. Yeah. It's all weird and wonderful <laughs> at the moment. It's not just uh, football, as some of you would have noted from our comments last week. He's uh, keeping himself very entertained. I think he's doing okay. I mean, I realised after that, I was like, I better message him. He seems he seems like he's in, in a good in good spirits. So obviously, we can't record. So his studios in the west of Melbourne and we're both in the east so and obviously this wouldn't be justifiable probably anyway but even if we were you know with that was justifiable we're still not within a five kilometer range anyway it's a good you know 15 20 k so unfortunately we can't record in this studio but as soon as we can uh, hopefully we'll be able to record in this studio before the end of the year um yeah because it's good fun to work with old mate ed um, so let's let's so basically as a bit of a background, we we went so as you know the the regular listeners will know. Obviously, at the moment with the current season, we're not um, recording it by rounds really because it's just too hard as it's basically ongoing. So we already did Port Adelaide Western Bulldogs. So go back to round ten, um, first game in round ten, Monday the third of August. Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, we already covered that game. So if you go, because we recorded that night. So if you go back to the review, if you're interested in, in hearing some chat about that game or those two teams specifically um, from that week, um, check out the review prior. I don't, can't remember the number of the episode, but whatever whatever the review is prior to this, um, it's in there. Um, it'd be like an hour in or so. Um, and so, but then obviously Tuesday hadn't happened yet because we, we recorded late Monday night. So what did you think, old mate, of Richmond uh, Lions? Richmond by 41 points. Gra- well, I, th- I thought it like, definitely a really good game. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, um, very good game. And went to script like we had sort of predicted in... The, the preview a little bit. We thought it was going to be a pretty tight tussle and just that experience uh, and just the stranglehold the Tigers tend have got over the lines at the moment uh, made me think that they'd do it again. Cotton's such a big uh, in for the Tigers. Uh, when we'll talk about the other game when he didn't where he didn't play and different results. So yeah. uh, the forward line function a little bit more, seeing a little bit more attack and aggression from Rewild. He's obviously been very, very slow to, to get into games. And Lynch, oh, look, I mean, he hasn't done real anything wrong this year. I think a lot of people are being harsh on him because we there's this expectation that he should be kicking three or four goals uh, a game because of uh, his skill level. But that's not the Richmond plan anyway. Uh, Hardwick would prefer that... Lynch and Rewalt probably only kick four or five between them and yeah. have 10 or 12 other goal kickers. 
and and spread the love. Uh, he's been he's been doing that for the best part of three or four years now. Uh, used to get the mids involved and even some of some of his players off the half back line. And look, the Lions had their their share, their opportunities, but uh, just a very well drilled Richmond team um, led by Martin and Cochin in the middle. How do you say it? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, going back to round six. Um, Geelong beat Brisbane seventy three to forty six. So Geelong by twenty seven points. So we're at a, a point of the season now. Obviously, even in the shorter season, where you can look back at at some reference. And there's no doubt that um, Richmond studied that tape quite a bit. Um, they did pretty much exactly the same. It's one of the probably few weaknesses that Andrews has, um, the Brisbane defender. So. It, there were a number of tactics that Richmond did that um, Geelong did in that prior game, and it worked again. Uh, and and yep. there were a few really specific ones. Um, we won't go through all of it because it'll take too long, but the short of it is uh, I was impressed by Richmond's ability to, and we spoke about this at the time, to drag Andrews out of the key sections of the 50 to where they'd want to enter when required. So obviously Lynch... Um, went to Andrews went to Lynch, um, and he did a really really good job decoying um, him out. Um, yeah, so look, very impressive. Um, a lot of it's 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 interesting because you look at it two ways. Obviously, very impressive that, that those tactics worked again. You can also look at it in a way where it's a bit concerning that that um, some of the it's hard. Like you can say, oh look, it's a bit concerning that they've fallen into that trap again. But at the same time, you've got to remember, I think Brisbane are a young, still quite a young side. It's going to take time. It might take a couple of times for that to happen before they really um, key on to it. Lots to discuss out of this game, though. Like I thought um, Bolter versus Hipwood was a really good battle. Um, I thought Lions were probably better at the clearance early. They actually started, I thought they started better. Um End of the first quarter, 3-3 three, three to 2-3, two, three. but the, the, Brisbane was still very much in the game. It wasn't until the end of the second quarter. Richmond had a huge second quarter, 8-5 to 3-8, so they um, yeah. jumped out. Um, lots of entries early. Like, this is... It, it's becoming... There are elements, and it's not as bad as Melbourne, but there are elements of Brisbane's game where I do worry about... It does have that big flurry of entries because they've got such a great midfield and they get these huge flurries of entries. There were portions of the game, you know, where they were, you know, they were at one point they were one goal five for a stack of entries. Um, so this yeah. is, we're not a stats heavy podcast, but that's the reality of it is they were, they had so many entries for, for little efficiency. Yeah, that forward line is as good as Charlie Cameron is and as good as Hipwood can be. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't bet your, Sheep Station on their forward line week in week out, um, being super consistent, uh, and that that's that's telling because you look at the other teams that are right in contention at the moment. They've all got rock solid defences, yeah. and that is a concern. Look, obviously, the, the beauty for Brisbane, as you just mentioned, <clears throat> they're so young still. I mean, don't get me wrong; you, you, you don't want to rest on your laurels and hope that everything goes to plan in a couple of years' time when. That maturity is there. If you got a chance to win a flag, you take it every every time you get that opportunity, which they do this year. But they need to find more consistency from at least two, if not three, their their forwards. 
I don't care if it's two or three goals a game, but they can't kick five one week or four and then go missing the next. It's it's yeah. not sustainable. It's not 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 something that's going to win a lot of finals. To follow on as well from what I was saying before about um, those tactics working, um, obviously you know from those uh, from that Geelong game dragging Andrews out. Um, Richmond through the whole game were really good at dragging, um, so using Jack and Lynch specifically to drag um, key defenders, and particularly Andrews because he's so damaging, um, dragging him forward, pulling him even to 30 metres, just just enough, not not to the 50, but certainly pulling him out and creating space and then going over the back. Um, They were, that, that, uh, it's, it's, Something they executed consistently really well throughout the match. Um, but the other thing too is Brisbane in front of goal, like serious um, yips. So by the end score, I mean this this goes without saying. Obviously four goals, seventeen. So horrific. And horrific. Brisbane through the year have been poorish at this, and this has been a concern we've discussed in the past around their like Melbourne in their and they're they're not they're a better side, but they still do have this um, lacking even getting over 50%. Richmond, 12 goals, 10. Um, so more goals, obviously, than points. Um, yeah, it's a concern. And that's, you know, you don't see teams winning flags when that's happening. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> Richmond a little bit too selfless uh, at times, missing chances. There was a few things. I mean, look, they won anyway, but a few times earlier on where um, just going for that next player to give him a goal. I know that Richmond, they get a bit tight. We've spoken of this last year where they get a bit caught in that chain link too much. It's just, yep, yep, yep. And, and the dogs get stuck in this as well. The teams oh, that yeah, play that tactic, they? you know what I mean? They get caught in that chain. Extra one, one next, or two extra handballs is unnecessary. Yeah. You just kick. And then it's they're in a worse cool position. Football. Yeah, just because you see a jumper doesn't mean there's there's another opportunity. So a little, there was a little bit of that. Um, Dusty obviously really polished that goal, which feels like 12 years ago this game, but that goal that he kicked was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Brisbane, six straight points. Like, you, you, you don't... It, it murders you mentally um, to to have that many points kicked in a row. Um, but Richmond, yeah, sorry, you go. Sorry, no, I was going to say, yeah, the only way to sort of rebound from from that mentally is if you get a cheeky one out the back, yeah, uh, and then that starts a little bit of a momentum. They just, didn't, they just didn't get that opportunity. I, I think this is the best defensive display I've seen from Richmond. Thus far this year, they were very. Mind you, there's a couple of games that I, I didn't get to see uh, live, so seeing highlights is probably not enough. But they just blocked all the avenues uh, that Brisbane really like to take normally. And I guess again, that goes back to what you said right from the get go. Is they obviously still watch along did in that uh, was it round three or four, mm. whenever they played anyway. And how they were able to um, nullify a first of all, pull Andrews especially out of that intercepting mark position in the forward line. Yeah. But then transitioning and set up really good defensively, so they can't attack either. Uh, the other thing too is probably just that extra ten percent. Two major elements of of Richmond's game: their overlap speed is back, um, and this work. This I think was still the case mostly for the poor game as well. Um, and their defensive um, intercepts are back as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I wrote this in my notes, and I've heard this discussed a lot through this week, because obviously this game was a while ago now. I still feel like Brisbane's forwards are their weakness. I, I, I really yeah. just... I, I, I'm not 
having a go at Hitwood, and it's a bit of an obvious statement, I guess, because probably because everyone's talked about it all week. But I, mean, we, I think we've spoken about this before. Like, I, I like Hitwood. I think he's going to be a player. He's still a bit young, but gee, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, again, like we're not a draft podcast, but you know, you know, do they have? Do they ever go at Ben Brown? Would would, would he be good up in in Brisbane as a as a um, you know more maybe a little bit more reliable, mature forward? I, I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting given how close they clearly are to um, a flag. It does make you wonder. Um, yeah, Barker, yeah. fantastic as well. Yeah, I think I wonder if the in their forward line, it's a bit like Melbourne's midfield that yeah. they've got too much in their similarity. Like is like McStay and Hitwood are they too similar as forwards? Like you look at Richmond for example, or, or West Coast or Hawthorne when that was Buddy and Roughhead. Yeah. But the only thing that those sort of teams that have got two key forwards had in common is. The big mobile man, but Kennedy's a lot more agile than Darling. Darling's a bit more traditional lead mark kick, whereas we've seen what Kennedy can do. Same with Roughhead and Buddy. Buddy was the more electrifying one, can get around. Lynch and Rewalt were saying, like, they've got the athleticism, but they, as forwards, they play very different styles. And I think that's what you need if you're going to have two key pillars. Yeah. And that's, I, I just think McStay and Hipwood. Just seem to be a little bit too similar in their style. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I paused, so I didn't realize you were going to say something. Uh, Barker. Yeah. Uh, really good as well. Baker. Barker. Barker. Baker. Yeah. Trevor. Trevor Barker. Trevor Barker. Um, he's back. He's back. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't. We can probably move on. But <clears throat> yeah, that's probably my main takeaways. Um, what do we think about the? We haven't discussed this yet. We didn't discuss it last week. What do you think about this whole? Um, I haven't seen it so much in the last few games. Apparently, there was a warning that went out to the clubs um, a few days ago from the AFL asking to for players to stop this. But what do you think about the whole taunting thing at the moment? You know, now obviously it started a little bit about a week and a half or two. It kind of feels like ten years ago, but it's probably only two weeks ago. The um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Mitchell Papley. Papley. Yeah, exactly. So, and then it kind of escalated, and there's been a few things since then. Um, like Montagna's come out and said, "Oh." There should be a taunting rule and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. What what, what do you feel about this? Like I, I like, well, you, you go first. But how, do you, does is it got a place in the game? Is does it bother you? Do you like it? Do you hate it? I love it. Um, look, so much of how the game has changed, yeah, yeah. and as long I think we touched on it very briefly. As long as it doesn't go over the line of sexist, racist, like just the normal That's everyday Sorry, If you're kicking a goal that, against yeah. someone and you just, oh, especially an old teammate, um, you let them know because how are they supposed to let frustration out on the footy field? You can't tackle the way you used to because you might get done for four weeks for a sling tackle. Yeah. You, the bump's basically gone. Uh, there's They've got the pressure from the media to perform. Let's get it. The only reason... There's an issue with this is because it's on television 24-7 now and they're, they're worried about sponsorships and how it looks to the rest of the world. But Kids I'm like, well. are you serious? rest of the world, American sports yeah. thrive on that. Soccer pitches thrive. It's just that you don't see it because it's not a 365-degree game like Aussie rules is. All these games are pretty much in a line, so you don't tend to see that type of vision as much as we do in AFL. So I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't cross 
those lines, which they all know that they can't cross anyway. But if it's just a little bit of taunting, saying, hey, i got five goals on you, you're shit, that type of stuff. Something verbally is okay. I think the AFL don't like, like, for example, I saw, again, like I'd, I'd be guessing, I've watched so much football, I can't remember, it all blends into one. Yeah. But there was another, there was an incident where, I don't know, I'll make it up, like, I don't know, uh, five kicked a goal or something, and then he, I'm making this up completely, five didn't do this, yeah. like, he kicks a goal. And then he's playing Geelong or whatever, and he goes up to Tui and goes like that on his head and, like, rubs his head as if to say, you know, like, kind of a bit like, um, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Like, like he's a kid or something, like a bit, um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, like, I don't know. I, it's Some of it's a bit childish. Some of it's a bit silly and, and doesn't make sense. I don't mind the stuff verbally. Like, Papley obviously gets so invested in the game. You see the way he celebrates. He gets so into it. So, yeah. I, it, as a result, then, you know, when he's going after somebody, it's the same level of intensity. It's hard. It goes back to something we spoke about a couple of years ago and something we've been about years and years ago, but on the podcast around, like, when they were trying to get rid of the, all the head-high stuff because, obviously, you know, the AFL's quite, you know, concerned about head injuries and, and CTE and all that stuff. So, obviously, they're, they're trying to um, curtail that as much as possible. But there was also, like, a uh, we spoke about it. We were like, well, how... Like, I get they're wanting to do that, and that makes sense. But they're also, like, wanting us to... Like, they're wanting it to be a physical sport, but then they don't want any, like, you know... They don't want too much physicality. And it's like, well, how no. how does that work? So, and that kind of... You're wanting people to be aggressive and play hard and go at the ball and all that stuff. But then you're wanting everybody to be, like, Roger Federer after the ball. Like, you want it... Like, oh, there's a lot of people that aren't like that. Like, he... He thrives on being like that because he's an assassin. And that's fine. And some people can be like that. And Danger's a bit like that. I'm not comparing him to Federer, but you know what I mean? Like, no. That, that have that kind of like, if you, like, you know, even Jordan was a little bit like that. Like, that's why with the Matumbo thing, it, it, it became a thing because Jordan wouldn't, I mean, he would talk trash. Obviously, NBA is all, or they all talk trash. But like, he would, yeah. he would like murder you and score 50. To, to show you how much he's going to, like, murder you in the night. Whereas, like, there's some people that would, you know, like a Draymond type for the modern listener that would go yeah. on for that sort of stuff. But Well, that's it. The absolute elites do it by racking up 40 possessions and kicking three goals. Yeah. Your danger field, your fives. But then you've got people like James Sicily. Yeah. That he's good, but he knows that he can get under your skin yeah. by... Chatting in your ear and just really and, and Papley's the same and that's and they so that, I'm okay with that. That's sports as yeah. far as I'm concerned. That's the, sportsmanship. But if you go around saying, oh, I yeah, I won't say any of the things," but we could all use our imaginations. Like some of the stuff that used to get said during the seventies and eighties oh. about uh, relationships or parents or anything like that and stuff. Like you hear the stories. Uh, that's that's that obviously that goes out the window. You can't can't be saying that type of stuff. But no, of course not. But yeah, I think no. But otherwise, otherwise we just can't have a game where expression, individual expression, is taken out because yeah. we'll lose too many players to other sports. And I think yeah, that's true. But also yeah, I, I yeah, I just don't know whether it needs to be. I think I think maybe calm it down slightly. But at the same time, some of it. I think the, Sicily is a good example because I think a lot of the time verbally he does it. Um, but then, you know, he also steps on people's calves and stuff. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, I mean, he can take it too he, he's, as well. he's calmed down over the last two years because he knows he's done some stuff that's cost the team games. And yeah. Papley hasn't been since that incident. He's, he's toned it down. Like, he's still doing stuff. I guess what 
made that particular incident look bad was he standing over Mitchell as well? Sure, as if yeah, he's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, no, so I'm all Mitchell, for it. But it's his yeah, maybe maybe tone it down a little bit, but not yeah. far. And Montagna, I love ex footballers coming out. I mean, Montagna was the, one of the worst at it. He was a shocker. He would have been. He loved tantalising other players. Yeah. So it's it's quick. It's 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 funny how ex players uh, change their tonalities so as they become uh, in the media. Yeah, there's not much to take out of that. I think. Oh. <laughs> no. um, so, all right, well, that's, uh, yeah, oh, sorry, we had spoken a little bit about it, but given it's kind of increased, um, I was increased, interested to hear yeah. your, your take. Um, so we'll keep moving. So, yeah, good game. Um, Going to be very interesting if these two teams play each other in finals because uh, obviously this is the only chance they'll get to play. Um, Cats North, yeah. um, Geelong by 33 points, 90 to 57 uh, pretty much went to, um, I think we, for round 10 we ended up getting eight or pretty close to it. Um, yeah, this really went to script. Um, danger up forward to rest, obviously that didn't really matter though. They knew they would beat them regardless. Um, they did miss a lot of chances earlier on in the first half to really ice it and put it away. Eventually they put yeah. it away. They should probably have won by a lot more. Um, I think if um, Geelong just miss out on, I don't know, Let's say they miss out on a, a, a higher position due to percentage. They might look back at this game and think that was stupid. We should have won by more. But look, it was what it was. No Ben Brown um, through the vast majority of the game. Um, you know, 25 scoring shots to 12. Um, yeah, there's not much. What, what, what Did you take no, anything no. out of this game? Oh, no, just, it just reaffirms where both these teams are at this season. Uh, I'm more and more coming around to Geelong being legitimate contenders this year, I think. These shorter quarters, uh, shorter games are really working well for that older list. And obviously, our man Stanley comes back, um, makes them just look a little bit uh, straighter too. I really, really liking the seasons that, in particular, Duncan, Menegola and Guthrie are putting together. Yeah. Uh, super, super consistent, those three, which you and I have been talking about uh, for a while. It's those types of players that need to... Step up and get twenty to twenty-five touches. Maybe kick a goal every game or every second game, just to take the pressure off. Dane. just know that if Scott needs to rest, Dangerfield or Selwood up forward or on the half-back line, um, Abbott's the same when he comes in. They they're still confident in them being able to get the ball out of middle, which he obviously can. Now he's got six really good midfielders, um, and then some guys that you can throw in there every now and again, like. Uh, Myers and um, oh, oh, there's a couple there. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But look, yeah, Buse and these types of guys. Um, yeah, look, they're, they're, they're building. Geelong are legit um, contenders. And I would have been the first to say it would have been harder for them leaving the Cattery this year, not playing any games there. But they've <laughs> performed well everywhere they've gone. Yeah. I always felt that was um, not always, but at the moment I did feel that was a little bit oversold. That they win, they make finals because they they play you know so many games in Geelong. I was like a little bit of that, but they're also a bloody good side. Um, yeah, I mean, it helps again. It always helped them get top four. Yeah, but oh, they, yeah, they're always a finals. So look at the list. The list has been great for the best part of a decade. More, nearly twenty years now. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so. I, Guthrie was amazing tonight as well. Um, very impressive. So we're going to be re- repeating ourselves a fair bit with um, Geelong and 
North. North, yeah. because both teams really kind of had the same results. The Cats came out and won really well, well again. <laughs> and both going going that way. One's yeah. going up the ladder and one's going. Do you want to do the North yeah. conversation now to get it out of the way? Because then we're probably not going to do it a second time. Um, what, what, where, where do you feel North are at? Like, it, this, it seems like a full rebuild now. I mean, what... what... I have to. Yeah, yeah. They, they tried They tried the top up and it hasn't worked. No, and, no. It's, and the problem uh, is too... Which is, is sad, they, but... Yeah, and the problem is too is they, you know, Brad Scott was wanting to do a rebuild... And I know North fans will hate to back over this, but, you know, Brad Scott wanted to do a rebuild. Club didn't agree. They were half and half either way. They ended up sacking him. The theory was they wanted to do the, the word out of that camp. Um, and, of course, some of the words you get are not necessarily true. But what you hear is that they were wanting to really have a crack with the list um, and, and top up a little bit. But, yeah, it, it obviously hasn't worked at all. Uh, they no, massively think, overpaid for you know Pollock and a bunch of these guys. Um, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the thing. They should have they should have been fluid and flexible enough to realise that okay, we can't or we're not landing an absolute elite. We have to rebuild, not re, not top up because you can only top up when you get elite players or have elite players on your list. And they didn't. They were trying to get an elite A grader or two. Yeah, they didn't. They got good players in. Um, Pollock and uh, what's his face from Port as well, but they're not game changers. Oh, they Pittard. help teams. Pittard. Yeah, Pittard. So that's when they should have realised that doing a rebuild was a much better idea, and they should have offloaded some of those senior players, seeing what they could get for Goldstein, seeing what they could have got for Tarrant, seeing what they could have got for some of these guys. They're only going to be there for another year or two. They're not going to be there for the next two well, of the flag. I think this is the problem. So I think. You're right, but I mean the other thing too is they did float intentionally, but they kind of did uh, Ben Brown and Goldstein more recently. Um, you know, Geelong, you know, even presented offers and stuff. It got that far down the track, but you know, it's hard because they kind of stuck to their guns and kept him and all that sort of stuff. And they thought, no, he's a better player than what you're offering, and I get that. But at the same time, now they're not developing a younger ruckman um, because he's there, and and you know, and you know. Wow, if Geelong get really close again like they did last year, is there going to be the Hawkins of this year? Because remember last year, with Hawkins getting suspended um, before the prelim, them losing to Richmond, uh, they were 20-odd points up at half-time. Um, yeah, imagine if, if he's in, it makes a, makes a bit of a difference for sure. So will, does. will that be the Hawkins of this year? Hopefully not for Geelong fans. But, yeah, look, I, 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 the biggest thing for me is I just don't know, and this is for both games, I just don't know what North's identity is. I really don't know what their game plan is. Um, they're not really playing that Richmond Dogs run and gun chain type of style. Like it's really weird. That I, I don't really know. If you go through the different styles that teams are playing, and there's a bunch of them that aren't really that different. Rather than running through them all, everyone knows. Like to me, I didn't really feel through the last. They obviously belted Adelaide, and that's to me. Is, it just shows how cooked Adelaide are, and we'll get into that in a minute. But that said, like it, it seems shocking to me um, that they're in this situation where we, I just don't know what 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 they're playing. It seems to change all the time. It seems like they don't really know what they're doing, which is a big concern. Uh, yeah, agree. Yeah, I um, I didn't expect them to be finals bound, but this is this is far from where I thought they were, they were at this year. Pretty disappointing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's no point really going much further than that. It's all the same stuff we've already said. 
Um, yeah. And then Adelaide got belted by Melbourne. Um, like this, this is a game that should have been again. Like this wasn't a Melbourne. Um, this year. fifty-one points look still obviously very good, but this should have been a hundred points. Um, Thirty-seven yeah. to eighty-eight. Um, D's by uh, fifty-one. Um, we'll start with the D's. Um, yeah, they won with obviously with Gorn out. Um, yeah, I mean Clayton Oliver had a ridiculous game. Um, I mean, I was very, very impressed optically watching it. I don't tend to look at the stats during the game, but then afterwards, looking at the stats, obviously, like it was, it was incredible. Um, yeah, there's still, I don't know, like they're still inefficient. There's still a few Melbourne players that are a bit in the wilderness. Um, but yeah, look, Adelaide was such a joke after half time. Um, you know, they looked, they looked exhausted, which is embarrassing at AFL level. That at this stage of the season, they've got no gas. Um, yeah, you can say to me that, oh, well, they were mentally shot, but at the same time, to be that bad. Um, yeah. yeah, pretty typical Melbourne game. They obviously had more chances to win, um, harder that they didn't take, but, you know, it was very Melbourne. But I guess... Oh, of course. What? And anything else? I'll Melbourne? just... Well, I have to go to the stats for this game because I, I thought it was very insipid. I'm yeah. not... <laughs> I mean, 66% efficient... Uh, Disposal efficiency, that's Melbourne. So were Adelaide. Um, yeah. Melbourne in, uh, inside 50s, 51% efficiency, and then in front of goal, only 57 I mean, against a rock-bottom team that has no soul, no plan of attack in Adelaide, that's pretty big from Melbourne. Yeah, the scoreline's flattering 51 points, but, I mean, top, top flight Eastern uh, Football League, team could probably beat Adelaide at the moment, to be honest. VFL teams could beat Adelaide at the moment, that's for sure. Okay. <clears throat> well, they, just, they don't care. They, they do have no heart, no soul for that football game. Well, a lot of players, not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm. Anyway, that's Adelaide. They're, the, they're definitely say. one of the worst teams I've um, seen play at AFL level at the moment. And yeah. it, it seems, I, I, I think I mentioned this last week too, that there's just so many wasted careers. Like, you know, Rory Laird, for example, like, Where's he at? He was a good player. Crouch boys, mm. they were good players. There's a bunch of these guys that, you know, were really good to watch and now it's just become unwatchable. Um, yeah, you think there'll be another mass uh, exodus at the end of the year and, wow, I mean, it just just the bleeding continues. Um, yeah. They might have to get Jason Dunstall back in there again for another, another review because it's the first review didn't work. No, there's, yeah, lot, lots to play out between now and... Next year for Adelaide, and none of it looks good. They'll probably get a conversation pick. That's about the only good thing that will come out of this year yeah. for them. Um, let's from, a, from, a, from a compromise from a compromise draft, so it won't even be that. Good. It won't even be worthwhile. <laughs> exactly, that's pretty funny. Nah. The one year to be absolutely terrible, and it'll be it'll be garbage. Um, not that other drafts are compromised, I guess. But um, so Collingwood, um, Sydney on the Thursday, sixth of August, the Pies by nine points. Sydney, look, Sydney obviously are like way, way short, right? And they're obviously missing a lot of pieces. Um, they're, they're struggling up forward. When Papley's by far and away your best, you know, shot at goal, it's, it's obviously a bit of a concern. Um, they're obviously work, working with a very patchwork system at the moment. But I thought they were pretty good. Like, I know Collingwood at, at times where. You know, I, I thought out of my notes here, like, you know, Pies, they kept going way too deep inside 50. There, there were clear, uh, there was a clear mandate um, from the, the Collingwood um, coaching department to go ridiculously deep, and it just didn't work. 
Um, they weren't. The entries just weren't giving them enough opportunities. It was so. It was bizarre. Yeah, clearly two teams that have been absolutely decimated with injuries. Yeah. Um, super defensive arm wrestle type game, and it took a piece of magic to to get the pies over the line. And yeah, look, I agree. I mean, John Limeyer, to his credit, he's getting every bit of oh. sweat and blood and tears out of the, the playing list that he's got to work with at the moment. Absolutely um, phenomenal what they're actually about because they're competitive and that's all you want. Like I think a lot of Sydney supporters realise it's this is going to be a down year for them. Um, but you don't care when you're throwing effort in. Like, nobody would be talking about Adelaide if they showed this type of grit because at least they'd be in a chance. But, yeah, look... And then Collingwood, oh, what do you do? What do you do when arguably six-year top ten players aren't on the field at the moment and then you lose one or two more during the game? Yeah, they were struggling. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Terrible accuracy again from Collingwood. Um, similar issues at times to that you know, Melbourne-Brisbane scenario as well, getting massive amounts of inside 50s for very little. That's going to be interesting come later in the year. But at the same time, you, you, for, for Collingwood, you do give them a little bit of an excuse because they've got so many out. Uh, that Dacos goal was awesome. Um, that was so much fun to watch. Obviously, it looked just like his father's. I retweeted on our Twitter feed as well, if you want to see it. There's a side-for-side -side thing somebody did of a, a goal that the uh, uh, his father kicked, um, which looks exactly the same. It's pretty cool. But um, Papley flop as well. What, what did you think about Papley going down? He got fined $500 for staging. Um, yeah, not, not yeah. that was clear. I mean, after the Clarko comments. Shocker. What do you think of that? Oh, look, I mean, he, he yeah, he did what he did. He got the fine. Oh, oh look, I, I don't, I don't care for staging, but I also don't care if it happens either, as long as it's done and pulled up on like that. Good on him. Like they're all gonna, they've been doing it for years. <laughs> it's small forwards. It's part of their yeah. uh, toolkit. Try and try and get uh, get away with stuff. Um, so. He's got to be, be better at hiding it, though, next time. Yeah, and I think Callum Ward probably did the same thing the following week um, and that, you know, he didn't get fined. But anyway, uh, the other thing, too, is this game had um, shoe gate as well. It had the... So uh, Wicks's shoe on um, uh, Quain or the young um, Collingwood yeah. player um, cut his leg open by, like, four or five inches. Um, it looked... Absolutely disgusting. I wish people would stop retweeting it, but it was it was pretty foul. But um, what that that's incredible. I mean, what what did you think of this? Like, you know, does it seem crazy that what's meant to be a professional yep. sport that there were people still wearing metal studs? Yeah, I think it, I think it's crazy that yeah that that rule's been in for my understanding for a long, long time now. Um, so whoever's in charge of footwear, this is the thing. Like oh, it's a long time ago, but oh, umpires used to come in and check footy stops all the time, yeah, uh, shards of metal and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it blows my mind that there was players and, and, and officials within clubs that didn't pick this up earlier. It seems incredible. So, yeah, it seems incredible. But the the fact that even if they didn't, I, not the need to know the intricacy, but it's so scrutinised now, these things. So scrutinised. There's, there's that many people involved on the outside of football that are just looking for something to talk about other than football. Um, and then for something like this, I mean, 
It's like the AFL getting sued by Sean Wren because the sprinkler head didn't pop back into its place on the ground and he cut open his knee or did something and got injured and that was a result of that. I mean, this is a workplace um, and so everything needs to be here too. Unfortunately, as boring and as draconian as that sounds, like it's a game of sport and these things happen, I get that. But when there's this clear rule in place, Plastic only. Why would you anyway? How would yeah. but like so those boots that he was wearing? Uh, I saw on Twitter somebody did like a, a collage of all the players that wear that boot. There's heaps and heaps of players heaps. that wear it. So that means that there's been a stack of players that have been wearing this. How did none of them pick it up? Like I saw Trelaw wears them. He seems like a switched on guy. How did he not say, "Hey, uh, bootstar. Hey, old mate." Um, there seems to be uh, metal. Isn't that against the rules? Like, sure, surely someone would have been like, hmm, yeah, so, seems a bit weird. Well, this is a, this is a thing. The players probably aren't even told to go and check what's right and what's wrong. Obviously, we, without going back and harping on about what happened with Essendon, but obviously the players were all, all out. They just assume that someone in that club is telling them the right information. That's the way they're brought up. They're not there to think outside of playing the game. Um, so, yeah, it comes back to whoever's in charge of footwear and equipment. Um, but they should never have been allowed for AFL football because I don't know any league that allows any medal in their football boots right through to juniors. I'm, just, I'm pretty sure it's been like a de- decade or two since you were allowed to have anything like that. It's, but the other thing is, why are there football boots with metal in them in 2020? That's what, that's what I'm <laughs> like suggesting. I'm, that's partially what I'm yeah, saying. I just don't... Ha, ha, who, yeah, who's doesn't making make these boots? What's happening? I don't, I don't know. It's just whether it's a, because the, it's a, a lightweight alloy that makes the, the, the boot lighter. I, I just... Yeah, I don't know. But again, it, it still makes no sense because it was a metal plastic um, compound, like combination. I just, it just blows my mind. So... Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, but that just goes to show that um, even you know, weird season just keeps getting weirder. Um, yeah, it just seems incredible. I mean, if I get given free boots um, from my Puma or Nike sponsor or whoever, I reckon I'm going to have a look at them, at least around the boot. Oh, yeah, they've got this and that. It seems a bit strange to not pick up on that. Hundreds of players to not notice. It seems incredible. Aside from all the WHS officers and everything around it, the AFL would have a stack of them. How no one picked up on this is um, very incredibly. It's very AFL that no one picked up on that. Um, let's, yeah. Yeah, I reckon we keep moving. I don't know about you. I don't really have too much more to, to say about that game. Um, anything? Or you're okay? I don't know. Like Collingwood obviously kept moving. Um, still obviously, uh, as you, you pointed out, missing a lot of key players. And Sydney, you know, doing absolutely best with, with you know, the, the oily rag that they've got. Yeah, that's about it. Um, then a good game, really good watch. Um, you know, probably optically one of the best games of the year. Gold Coast, um, St Kilda, 74 to 78. Goal for goal. Yeah, really enjoyed watching watch. this. Yeah, this, this, this is the football at its entertaining best. Like two teams uh, that are thereabouts. Yeah. And just going back and forth, um, lots of ball movement, not too many mistakes. Um, some really good, obviously, uh, small forwards at both ends, Butler and um, Isaac Rankin. And yeah, look, it was an entertaining game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Suns, I think Rankin. Sorry, you go. Yeah, 
I just say, uh, nobody, I haven't heard anyone mention, but obviously if I'm not listening to the radio and watching every show that televises, but for me, Isaac Rankin, he is Jason Ackermanis, Mark Two. Hopefully not not mentally, just just sport. And just no, just on the footy field, yeah. yeah just <laughs> just, just, do, just do just do some magic on the footy field. Yeah. Left side, right side. Have blonde hair one week, black the next. That's right. I forgot to get black. That's right. Yeah, like the black footy. <laughs> yeah. Forget about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and then obviously Dan Butler. I mean, he's he's been given a. A different opportunity at St Kilda, and he's playing some brilliant football for them. Yeah, I mean Steele, Billings, Butler, um, really, really good. Uh, Ellis, Miller, Lacocious, uh, Powell, like you know, going across both lines, um, very, oh. very impressive. Hunter Clark's yep. finish was amazing. Uh, I thought that was one of the best performances um, from um, a St Kilda player all year. He was fantastic. But yeah, the back to back Rankin and um, Butler goals were amazing. Um, yeah, the Suns are just, they're so close. They are that, as I've pointed out already this year, they are that, you know, Brisbane of a couple of years ago where they were so close to being really good. Uh, one thing I picked out of this game a couple of times um, that I think, you know, they must be aware of, the coaching group at Gold Coast, but something I think they need to get a little bit better at, um, and this is a little bit harsh because obviously a very young side, but I think their defenders need to get a little bit better at peeling back and knowing yep. when to go. There was a few times in this game where it was like, what are you doing? Stay there. Or, no, no, that's that's not the lead. It'll go that way. Like, just little things. And obviously, there were times where it didn't work and there were times where it did. So, um, they just need to get a little bit more wary of when they're being tricked. That's, and they're yeah, very absolutely. young. But that, that'll, that'll, that'll happen in time. Um, but, yeah, good game. Um, the Suns, yep. are, they're a lot tougher around the ball as well. That's the other thing I don't think I've mentioned enough this year. The Suns are just a lot uh, more physical at the ball, and that's so much you know more exciting to yeah. watch compared to last year. They're breaking through tackles and, and holding themselves up. They're not just falling over like they've done in previous years. Great. St Kilda's same. Like St Kilda have seriously yeah. got... A legitimately good midfield that is both strong at the contest, but now they've got that speed on the outside. Um, they look really good too. Um, I think you and I have touched space on the St Kilda game plan early on, and it looks like they've learnt to slow their tempo when they yeah. need to. A bit better, a bit more maturity around when they're controlling the game or if the other side is starting to get a bit of ascendancy, which the Suns did multiple times throughout the game. I think, yeah, the Suns probably aren't good enough yet to be able to um, make it harder for um, the Saints to slow it down. Um, mm. So tonight, for example, they, they weren't able to... Um, so we just watched the Geelong um, Saints game. The, the Saints didn't have the ability to do it then against a better side. But yeah, look, at least they're doing they're doing it against lower sides. Um, yeah, look, I think the Saints are going to be a good team. I still feel like they're going to just miss out on the eight. I don't know. I know they won a bunch of games so far, but I, I just feel like Collingwood um, comes into the eight and they come out. To be honest, but yeah, that that's. It's going to be interesting. Gold Coast, I, I can't wait to see them next year. It's going to be so much fun to see them next year once um, they get Rao back and, and, and another preseason with some of these guys and uh, Rankin's a little bit older and Lukosh is more developed. And, yeah, it's, it, their future yep. is so bright. Um, so that's that's that game. I don't know. Like This was this was a lot of fun to watch. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you already pointed out Butler. Probably not too much more to to say. Greenwood and Ellis, I think, again, um, exciting um, that they've been able to add, that maturity's been able to add so much to their side. Hopefully they can get, because um, it feels like some of these, you know, like Brad Crash, for example, that they've gone for in the past, it, it does feel like that some of these guys um, at Adelaide would be better off somewhere else. And, you know, hopefully the Gold Coast pick up, not necessarily him, but, you know, more, a little bit, I think they need a little bit more. We spoke about this last week, but, you know, potentially some mature um, defenders, a Talia or somebody like that that could assist down back, I think would make a big difference to teaching exactly what I said a minute ago around knowing when to peel back and, and, and knowing, when, yeah, you're absolutely. Being, knowing oh, when you're being let look out of the 50. what Hodge did for Brisbane. Exactly. Perfect example. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So if they could get probably one or two mature-ish backs and yeah. maybe one more mature big body mid, uh, and that only means that gives Rowley the opportunity to go forward. At, yeah. at the same time, like Which if you don't need to right. big bodies in the midfield, um, obviously they've got Greenwood there as well. So, mm. yeah, the future bright for both these sides. I think I agree with you. I think Saints probably just missed out if, if Collingwood get players back. If Collingwood don't, it's going to be very hard for them to, to, to sneak in. And, yeah, the Suns are going to be competitive. I still want to see them win one of those games, though, just for their confidence. If they can continue to get close... Uh, we might have a, a, a carton on their, t- uh, on their hands and they I just don't know how to win games. It sounds like Collingwood will get those players back because um, it sounds like Pendlebury will play... Um, this weekend. This weekend, correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then... Uh, this is just the fresh injuries they got over the last week that, that they get one or two back and then they lose one or two. Like, yeah. I mean, Chalor is gone for a little while. Hoskin Elliott, I can't remember... What his prognosis was, but doesn't just doesn't seem to be going well for them no. moving forward. So anyway, we'll wait and see. Uh, but I agree at this point. I think Collingwood might just sneak in over at the expense of the Saints too. And then last game of round ten, Essendon versus the Giants, fifty-five to fifty-nine. Um, so the Giants just getting it done by four points. Uh, interesting game. Terrible start. Um, it's the first uh, scoreless quarter since 2012 so eight years it's been since there was a, a game that's quite a long time we play you know nearly 200 games a year um yeah they had been a game for eight years where they'd not been uh, a goal scored the entire first quarter um i almost i almost switched it off just right there and then and we'll put on a movie and i said no I'll give it yeah. to half time we'll see what happens and thank goodness for second quarter it got it got a lot better and i think um now it's come out as well that um that Cornelio uh, baked them at halftime specifically and a little bit of quarter time, but then heavily at halftime. And apparently mm. this speech was really um, inspirational for you, the players have said. So, yeah, look, it sounds like his leadership's working um, working well. I still feel like the, the Giants are still so inefficient for, for what they've got. Like, they've got... They still have so much... They still play so... Like, so, they're able to win because they've got so much... Um, talent on the list, right? But they have large sections of the game where it's really bullshit, cute football. And as a result, like at times they're almost a little bit lucky to fall over the line because they've stuffed around for 20 or 30 minutes, you know, um, playing highlights. And then, it, you know, it's only because, oh, hang on a second, we better, we better get this together. I mean, look, I was impressed that they ground the win out in the second half, but at the same time, it's still concerning. I mean, is this side a real premiership chance? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, they need to. It's obviously not their ability or skill. It is a mental switch that doesn't get 
turned on by enough of their players yeah. right away. Like they think that the skill will get them through a game, which, I mean, throw caution to the wind, you get one or two injuries in the first quarter and all of a sudden your bench rotation's down uh, and you're playing a Geelong or a West Coast, you're not getting back in the game. It's too hard. I, I think I think that was a spray that needed to be had, had at halftime by, by Cogs and good on him because while I think he's the right person for the job, sometimes looking on field, he looks too reserved for captain. But you always saw, yeah. not so much Ward because it was never around, he was always injured. Um, <laughs> but um, who was the other co-captain? Um, down back. Uh, Davis. Davis. Why he was always verbal, he'd always, he'd always go up to players the, the, the breaks and, and have a good, and you could tell that he was dead serious about what he was trying to tell them. I haven't seen that from Cornelio, so if he's doing it behind the scenes, that's good. But that midfield is just very slowly starting to gel very, very well, which is very scary. Um, and like you said, while they're not convincing, the upside is huge for GWS if they can get. Uh, things going there. There's so much more upside for their team compared to the rest in the eight at the moment. I think. Yeah. Um, but they got to switch. They got to switch that brain on some a bit earlier in the game. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still. I still. You know, Cameron kicking two goals too. You know, when you got Shaw kicking two goals to get you over the line. Um, I really like Shaw, but it's a concern. He's a defender. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There's a few. I just. I really feel. A lot of the time, it gets very exhausting watching the Giants because they, yeah, they feel very unorganised. They really get it together with sheer talent. A lot of the time, it's still the same problem. And I'm not saying this is necessarily totally true, but those comments from Deledio a little while back around, you know, players are you know playing for the, themselves more than they're playing for the team, and blah blah blah. It still does whether that's not the case internally, you know. Uh-huh. No, it must have been because that's kind of the sentiments of what Cornelio's speech was about. Yeah. So, so I think there's a bit of truth to it. Absolutely. I think there's definitely, definitely some element of truth to it, sure. Um, look, Essendon, where, where, where are they at? Like, Essendon, you think, I, I, I think they're definitely going to miss finals. Do, do you think there's any chance of playing finals or that's it? Essendon. Uh, very, very, very slim chance. I mean, They've been decimated by injuries as well. Let's not forget that. Um, whether they can get some of those players back, who knows? Yeah. But again, they don't. They're, they're a little bit like North Melbourne in the sense that I don't know what their game plan is either. Yeah. I mean, I know they're fast. That's <laughs> not a game plan though. That's just they're fast. <laughs> yeah. Just like I don't know. I don't. I'd, they're they're no, throw them in the same basket as. Hawthorne, um, who else? Uh, GWS, like you just don't know what you get with them every week. I, I wrote my last note in the, in the, for this game was typical Giants game: too safe and too cute early, then correct on talent, and that's that's pretty yeah. much the game. Um, but yeah, terrible discipline as well from Essendon. If they're really going to be any chance. To do anything, um, McKenna, Shield, McKernan, like really cheap um, freeze given away. Um, Draper, he's been really exciting to watch. Talking about some positives for Essendon, he was great. Um, yeah, he's he's entertaining. He's, 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 he's a bit loose. I like Cold it. Hero. Yeah, 
and he can play. He looks like he can play air. Yeah, so he just doesn't care. Like he, he has no fear of his opposition. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And look, I mean, yeah, Dylan Schiller had a couple of brain fades, but he he's been good. McGrath and Merritt were very very good for them again. But yeah. again, uh, and Hurley. Same players. We mentioned basically the same names for Essendon week in, week out that played good football, and we pinpoint the deficiencies. And obviously, they've got to play certain players at the moment because they haven't got any choices, but McKernan would not be there if they had a full list to play, uh, choose from. He, yeah. He's a liability. Look, we're, yeah, any further into Essendon, we're just going to keep repeating ourselves. But they're clearly, their forward line's decimated. Um, yeah, they're still, they're still struggling heavily up there. They needed everybody in and everything to work this year for it to be any chance, and obviously that's yeah. not going to be the case. Um, into round 11 now. Um, so the first game of round 11, so we had Port and Richmond on the Saturday. Um, it was only yesterday, wasn't it? it was only, that was only yesterday, yeah. So what have we, yeah, you're right, actually. No, no, two days ago. Saturday, today. Two tomorrow. days ago. Um, look, great game. Um, obviously, as everyone's remarked, um, definitely one of the games of the year. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as every game, but it, it clearly had the best skill and ability, um, you know, through the through the entire season so far. Like it was the most impressive from from two teams simultaneously. Uh, what, what did you take out of this? I mean, obviously, like you know, amazing to watch. Yeah, look, um, not not too dissimilar to I guess the Eagles Chillong game from a couple of weeks ago, which was also really highly skilled. Yeah. Um, it was the best game in probably two years that I've seen from Ollie Wines. Travis spoke. He's having a Brownlow esque um, season. Obviously, Lockie Neal is probably miles ahead, but. Boak is in a winning team, top of the ladder, uh, has played lights-out football basically every round. Um, they're just well-drilled. Well, they haven't got a weakness across any of the lines. Their, their defence is as tight as you want it to be. Uh, they've now got multiple avenues to go. Dixon's playing well. Grace finally coming into form. And then you've got Dersma Rosie when he's there. Um, they're in their mids moving forward. So I just, there's just a lot to like about this Port Adelaide side and they're flying under the radar still, even though they're on top of the ladder. Yeah. And nothing to tell, look, Richmond, I mean, you put a full list of Richmond and a full list of Port against each other, you're going to have another tight tussle like this, but I think it's A, closer, and it tips Richmond's way. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, Port's pressure, huge. Um, Laddam's first goal was ridiculous. Dixon kicked that ridiculous goal as well. The two of them had the two big fellas had amazing um, check side um, style goals. Um, Richmond just got smashed in the centre early on. Mm. Um, yeah, Gray was amazing. Uh, Port just as you pointed out, so many options. Um, the only thing was there was a period there once they got into the second quarter and a little bit of the third where Richmond's leg speed just started to pick up. Port went into their shells a little bit. It got a little bit quieter from a uh, attacking perspective, and um, yeah, they um, they just Richmond just snuck back in, snuck back in, snuck back in, and all of a sudden it got close. And then Josh Caddy, <laughs> well Martin, uh, Martin yeah. as well. Martin, to be fair, it's yeah. all the heat's been on Caddy. To be fair, um, uh, Martin came fifteen that. as well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but the caddy one was absolutely ridiculous. Like he was just running and running and running and running. 
with Rockliffe just continuously. It's and multiple, and just multiple times, like five or six times from the umpire, gave him a lot of warnings. Yeah, they, which they so, don't need to do. So he could have just um, blown the whistle straight away. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, a little. I mean, obviously frustrating from anyone who's got anything to do with Richmond. They don't from the half back line to five meters out directly in front. Not yeah. ideal. Um, and that swings the game a little bit. Uh, and um, I guess disappointing that Richmond couldn't kick a goal in the last quarter. Uh, that that's yeah. a little concerning uh, as well. But as I said, you you put these two teams at full strength against each other. Um, that's a good grand final. I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, well, if that happens, that's it. <laughs> uh, no Cochin, Prestia, or Edwards, and that's the thing. I think if they're yeah. all in. All of a sudden, the midfield battle, and this is not taking anything away from how good Boak and, and these guys were in the centre, but I think those three come in, you can mount an argument, probably their three best midfielders, because Martin is not a strict midfielder anymore anyway. Um, so no. almost their three mm-hmm. best midfielders come in, that does change the game pretty significantly. And because uh, the Port team just know their structures so well at the moment, you look at how much pressure Martin was... To- and basically all game. He can't he can't do that all game and expect to, to win it off his own boot. But yeah, you throw in a Cochin, Edwards, um Prestia. who's the other one? You said in Prestia, yeah. I mean a couple of big body players there in Prestia and Koch. That takes a lot of heat off and then they have to be watched as well because you can't let them off because yeah. they'll 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 win enough football and go forward and kick goals as well. So yeah, look yeah, not nothing to Take anything away from Port Paul were excellent. Uh, they have been excellent all year. Um, I guess what I, just from a general AFL fan perspective, it was good that Port got a win over a big team in Richmond just yeah. to show the rest, anyone who was doubting them of their credentials, uh, they're not doubting anymore. Amazing um, as well to watch a game with a legit crowd because at the moment it's yeah. the only sport in the world that's really got um, a legitimate crowd to it that has influence on the game. Um, yeah, they were absolutely. loud, they were crazy um, Feral board fans It was so good to watch um, I, <laughs> I loved um, uh, How it, there was a period there Where there was, so the umpiring was um, Yeah, it was horrendous And, and we'll get into that in, in some of the other games Soon, but um, Well, there were some terrible ones in the Dons-Giants game So we can discuss it at some point, but uh, Particularly the holding the ball stuff, obviously, but um, they, they got the they got two really poor decisions put against them, Port, and the Port fans sounded like they were going to burn the ground to the floor. It's good, isn't it? It was. It was. Well, it was I so love seeing that. Yeah. And that's and that's just Adelaide Oval where there's only a few thousand. No, there was um, no, there was about fifteen, twenty. It was quite. It was. It oh, they opened it up now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, I was going to say when we get to the uh, West Coast Carlton game, like. Yeah. 30,000 screaming West Coast fans. You wouldn't, you'd think it was a full house. Yeah, that was that was really good. Um, yeah. Probably the best game I've seen Rockcliffe play in some time as well. And to note, obviously, mm. he was um, he was uh, dropped recently. So that was great to see him come back. Uh, also on Port Adelaide, uh, Georgiades had a real almost game. I really like Georgiades. He's so much fun to watch. Obviously, like the Porter in in the absolute you know Goldilocks um, period of a list where they've got you know a bunch of these fantastic older guys. They've got a group of really good two to three year old like year playing players, and then they've got some really good kids as well. Um, Bolter, yeah, it can't like Amon was oh just another poor player like I'm really yeah 
liking what Amon's put together this yeah, yeah. this year as well. Um, I guess the, the third amigo of the young kids from last year, but is, I think is stepping up and being just as influential in games now, yeah. uh, like Dersmer and Rosie. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so look, interesting game. Um, obviously, you know, really contested the whole way through. Bolter is definitely not, you know, he, he probably dropped the ball um, a little bit there through this game, but he'll improve. Um, yeah. A little bit concerning, Dixon missed three goals, um, like, directly in front, kicked some absolute freak ones. Still played well, still kicked two, but two goals, four, does make you, now we're looking ahead a little bit, but towards finals, like, does make me a little bit concerned. You know, yeah. deep in a final, if they end up in an elimination final, they have to win or a prelim or something, and then he, you know, keeps missing goals directly in front. He, everyone's frothing, all the commentators froth over him like he's, you know, Lee Matthews times five. But at the same time, uh, same time, um, I'm very excited. But at the same time, yeah, there's there's moments like that that are that are concerning. Um, he just leans, he he leans back, bad ball drop. He, it's weird. He changes it through the game. Um, it's very strange. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, obviously, they've got lots of avenues to go, but in a tight one, there's only one or two plays for Port Adelaide in their forward half. Thought I want the ball in hand. Gray, obviously, okay. uh, and and Rosie's probably the only other one. I don't I do not want any other uh, Port Adelaide having to kick after the side uh, to win a game at the moment. I, I agree. I think that that's the only little jitters that that we're nitpicking, we're but nitpicking, it's. Yeah. it's when it comes to finals, that's the difference. As you said, that's the difference is you, you, you kick more goals than points, um, you're going to win games. You're going to need a lot of pace to beat Port in the finals. And, and Richmond yeah. at times, did this did work. So there'll be a lot yeah. of teams like, you know, Collingwood, West Coast, you know, all those top teams will be watching this game to see what Richmond did that worked. Because there, there were moments that were working. Had they mm. had... A few more pieces in, and namely the mid specifically. I think this would have gotten even tighter. Um, yeah, absolutely agree. And Dusty, yeah, Dusty had a pretty good game as well. Even though they got smashed in the centre, um, even with a weaker Ruckman, I still reckon they, they with those three, even 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 Cochin and Prestier come in, forgetting about Edwards, who still would be really good. I still think this game would have got even tighter. Um, yeah. And then so we had also Lions Dogs. Um, this game really for me went to script. 96 to 72, uh, the Lions by 24 points. Um, dogs' movement and accuracy so clean earlier on. They started a lot better. Uh, Lions very inaccurate early, going back to uh, the last time we spoke about them, how uh, obviously this inaccuracy, it does feel like it worries me like a Melbourne uh, where it's going to cost them deeper into the season. But, yeah, they, they stuck it out. Um, they're, they're a better side, I think, the Lions and the Dogs, and, and it worked. Oh, um, clearly. Yeah. Niels, Niels, you know, obviously had a huge game huge again. Uh, Gee, fantastic. Um, Lions are just so good at, you know, holding the ball and controlling it. Hawthorne style. Um, yeah, you can see that influence there from Pagan. But, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to win too many games, I think, when you've got Bruce playing as poorly as he's been playing. Um, yeah. I mean, the dogs are struggling he, forward. Oh, big time. And, and the fact that they're as good as Norton is, you can, to have... The reliance on a twenty-year-old to yeah. make your forward line tick um, is, in some ways, irresponsible from a coaching perspective. Obviously, all things equal, he probably thinks that Bont and Pally can go forward a bit more, but they haven't had the opportunities with the midfield injuries. Um, and then you've got 
Well, Mitch, at the moment, Mitch Wallace is your, your go-to. Like, that's a scary thought in itself, as good as Mitch Wallace is um, as a player. I, I wouldn't want him to be my target up forward to, to win the games. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's they've got a lot to think about. Obviously, Norton back, and if he can stay on the park, that makes him so much better. But, yeah, Bruce, do, uh, Bruce is just, oh, I don't know. What do you say about a man that can kick six goals in one game? And, Nothing, zero. Then, and then only kick six for the remaining six or seven games. It's incredible, yeah. He's been a massive um, disappointment, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, they'd love to have a Tom Boyd or somebody like that out there still because, um, yeah, they, had to think, they actually did have a good forward and now he's not there, unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, look, yeah, interesting game, but I think, to be honest, probably not too many takeaways, really repeating ourselves to go into this one too much more. Um, personally, we spoke a little bit about this before we started recording. I feel like this game is probably uh, one to not take that much away from, to be honest. I'd, I mean, if we look at the Brisbane game that we've already talked about against Richmond, we see how much more efficient they became in front of goal. Yeah. And they win comfortably. That's yeah. basically, the they win it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they got rock solid defense, brilliant midfield. And if they can keep early goals and stay accurate, they're going to win games because they're going to have so much of the football anyway. Um, and the dogs are missing multiple pieces still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hard in the mouth as well when Cameron um, injured himself. It looked like oh. he'd done his, done his knee and then like he was okay and now it's been confirmed today that he's okay. But, I mean, I know obviously, you know, you can't question the doctors. They'll, they'll the very protected species, the, the medicos. But that said... No, no, they should not have put him back out on the ground. That was the most irresponsible thing I've ever seen in the game of football for like 50 years. But that's not what I'm about to say. No, but that's the yeah. thing. It, doesn't that seem crazy they put him back on? Unbelievable. I, I, I was... I don't think I've sworn at the TV louder this year. Why they 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 were well and truly in front, complete control of the game. They were up by like and forty points. What? And he was on there for five minutes, and then came back off and ice. I just and he was hampered too. What was the point? I don't get it. But yeah, it's so irresponsible. Had anything really bad happen, he seemed crazy. He could sue. Like. I don't know why people think that this is a sport and crazy stuff like that's not possible. It's he just, just signed a massive obscene. contract extension as well. Yeah, just yeah, I don't know, just crazy. And it's not even if they were losing the game, it's not worth it. Like just because he wasn't having that good game, he wasn't really influencing it. No, and no, it's not very, like the NBA. Yeah, I was angry about it. No, and it's not like the NBA where Kevin Durant can do his ACL, and, you know, go to Brooklyn and sign a massive deal. Like a, it's not really going to be like that. No. If, he, if he has a massive injury. Like you won't see him for a while. Like that's yeah. yeah exactly. And then, and then what happens then? So it was it was crazy. It was just absolutely ridiculous, bizarre. Yeah. To say the least. Um, oh. Yeah, probably not. What do you reckon? I'm I'm able to keep moving. I don't reckon. No, I'm happy to move on. Yeah, Brisbane are a very good team. Yeah. The doggies can be, but they have to have all the green lights, um, all the planets in alignment, all that type of stuff to to go deep this year. I don't think this is the same. No fairy tale that we saw a few years ago where they won a flag. No, and they're very the dogs are very beat downers as well, so they'll beat a lot of the teams that are below them. But I don't have confidence when yeah, I see them playing exactly. teams above yeah. them. They're too many pieces short, yeah. and their forward lines um, yeah. is is very yeah. Under- Could play finals, but I think if they do, they're making up numbers. Unfortunately, at this stage, well, with that forward line, they get there. It's that unorganised. Um, and then Eagles, um, lo- uh, Eagles Lions, Eagles um, Carlton, uh, seventy-two to fifty, Carlton. Played really, really well, um, and we should go into the umpiring and the holding the ball out of this game. Um, the Blues fans were ready to burn the stadium. The few that were there, 
um, 22 uh, points to the Eagles. Um, yeah, wow. It's hard not to talk about this game, not to talk about the umpiring, because that, like, we, we don't tend to talk about umpiring that much um, in our discussions. But some of the holding the ball decisions on this were absolutely ridiculous. The, the Duggan one, uh, the Petresky season one as well. Um, it was. I just think the whole, or just the whole game, because this is the thing. When one game is being played and you see the uh, holding the ball being adjudicated a certain way, it's almost consistent through that game. Yeah. This had the most inconsistent calls right throughout the game. I mean, yeah, there's half a dozen that were really clear indicators, but it was so, it was like each of the umpires that were out there had been told something different, completely different in how to do it. Um, which is disappointing because, again, like you're, for you and I especially, because we like talking about the game, this actually takes away from being able to talk about the game for a little bit because it's so important to talk about. Well, it ruined the game in part. And, and that's the thing. Like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted the frustration to it. I had a few people saying, oh, it was a great game. How can you complain? And it's like, yeah, but, like there were some decisions that were absolutely criminal based upon what my understanding of holding the ball is. And the problem is I don't think I understand it anymore because it seems to have completely changed. Well, interpretation, the actual rule hasn't changed, but the interpretation no. certainly has changed. And, again, and all the coaches and all the players and all the commentary will go and tell you that it is the hardest sport in the world oh, to umpire. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I didn't really pick up on how important their training together is as well. Yeah. So they're, they're, not, they're not able to sit down with their review committee all the time. Everything's obviously done by a video link up, which is not the same because um, you can't see the angles. You can't work it out together. So, yeah, look, I think we're going to see more more of it throughout the year, unfortunately. Um, something we'll have to get used to and then hopefully it works itself out next yeah. year when they can all get together. But, yeah, look, it was. It, was, it made the, the game less enjoyable to watch. It affected Because it was a good game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It affected the spectacle of the game because it was distracting and it took you... It was like watching a movie and the fourth wall's broken. It took you out of the story because it was ridiculous. It was like, well, hang on a second. This is just, you know, not right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, look, I, I, I think this game, like... Yeah, I thought, you know, Carlton, obviously, fantastic early on. Um, their system is working. Uh, they, they, you know, they probably need a couple of pieces. Imagine had they picked up Papley. Uh, obviously, they were so close to getting it. Um, he's obviously had a really good season. But yeah, look, Fisher, fantastic with four goals, obviously as well. Um, look, they're a good side. Walsh, fantastic. Uh, Murphy, really good as well. Um, you know, Cripps, clearly hampered, um, not playing at his best. Um, but yeah, he, he he'll he'll get back obviously. But how how good's that for Carlton? Exactly, and yeah. so to know that. This dominating force is probably 60, maybe 70% max, yeah. and they're still competitive, uh, which is it, it's great. And obviously, uh, Wiedering, pretty solid, except obviously when the floodgates opened in the last quarter. The back line actually looks really, really solid for them. Yeah. And I guess now we'll see that. It is a young list still, and the second half of the season becomes much more taxing on the playing list. And th these are the type of games where the really strong teams will probably just find that extra gear or two to get over the top of them. Yeah. Well, we spoke about that earlier in the year as well, about how exciting it was to see Carlton 
um, competing with Crips down. Like that's the thing. Last year yeah. we were like, well, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. The year before, no, it was like, no way. Definitely was wasn't. Now, no, no. The year before, no way. Whereas now it's, it's like, wow, I think they, they actually are a chance. It's absolutely crazy to think that he didn't get picked up until pick 13 in the draft that he done. That's unbelievable. Chris, was he that far yeah, down? Yeah, he that far down. Pick 13. The 2013, I had a look at the 13. It, AFL draft. At it is disgusting. It is disgusting. How, how People going about the uh, 03. The 03 was top heavy. This at 13, all the way down. There's players that the best 22 got pick 80 something. It's like, it's pretty scary. There is some weird um, ones though. Like, every, there's yeah. always like, you know, Stevie J's like, what, 50 or 60? Oh, of course. Yeah, um, Heard was James famous Heard, one. Heard way down. Um, Voss way down. Michael Jordan, pick three. Nahas. <laughs> Nahas, Jordan, same, same. Same so thing. What was Nahas? Uh, pick, uh, well, he would have been pick one, surely. Guys, top 10 at least. Yeah. Um, Was your team Yeah, exactly. No, no, but, uh, <laughs> no look, uh, yeah, they, um, yeah, lots to like about this. Um, and this is, I guess, the difference between West Coast just getting over the line compared to GWS. It wasn't that West Coast were just lackadaisy. Carlton were actually playing better football than them. Whereas GWS in that game against Essendon just sort of were fumbling around, weren't weren't there. Whereas West Coast was sort of forced to panic a little bit because of uh, the pressure that the Carlton team were bringing on, how fast they were moving, all that type of stuff. It just took them a little while to get on their terms, which obviously wasn't really until the halfway through the third. Yeah. And then they obviously blew it open in the last quarter. And that's just uh, bigger bodies, yeah. more experience. Uh, and I'm... Obviously, more class across all the lines. Yeah, and just experience yeah. as well. Knowing, knowing how, how like just to outlast them, outlast them, absorb the absorb the pressure, absorb the pressure. Wait till they tire yeah. out and or get confused and then pounce and it'll work. Uh, good game, but I think pretty much went to script. I don't reckon there's too much more. We we picked the Eagles. Um, I, I think I don't think we picked points, but I would have said Eagles by yeah. you know. Five, four or five goals, so it's pretty much around there. Yeah. Um, Melbourne versus North. Um, again, nothing really to take out of this. Uh, Melbourne by 92 to uh, 35, so Melbourne by 57. Um, yeah, nothing really to take out of this. Hey, uh, Melbourne should have won by a lot no. more, which we already said in the previous should game. Should have won by 100 North, points. Yeah, North obviously struggling, um, not doing well. Um, do you have any, I've got a f- few pointers, but do you have anything to take out of this? Very, very little bit without repeating ourselves. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Look, I thought a few, a very couple of quick things. If you've got nothing, I thought Jackson uh, is doing quite well in the ruck, um, given that um, Gorn's been out. I thought he actually. Yeah, I think they're, ruck well. Yeah, it makes them less predictable in the middle. Yeah, which is good. And if they can rotate that occasionally, that could be a good move to pull against some teams. Um, yeah. It, it obviously should have been a huge win. That goes without saying. Um, and Pickett, super exciting to watch. But all, a lot of the same deficiencies. Um, a little bit less errors out of the centre um, that we've become a little bit so accustomed should against, to. So you should have got switches hats. Exactly. If you're playing a couple of switches hats, then you, you, who cares? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm yeah, saying? And just, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Bit, bit same clean. old, same old day. But is having another lights out, or oh, haven't finally oh, having lights out. Yeah. I, I want to see these 
support our supporting acts, do it against a real team and not yeah. just leave it up okay. to the striker though, which again, haven't they haven't convinced us. They've beaten Adelaide and North Melbourne collectively by just over hundred points. Good on them. But on Melbourne. We beat them. Oh well the fact that North Melbourne were only nineteen points down in the third quarter doesn't say a lot. They they six or seven goals to zero in the last quarter. Yeah. Oh. Um okay. I hope Melbourne finished ninth. I really do. I think that I think they'll finish tenth. I think I had them at tenth in the preseason ladder, but they'll probably be around there. Um, yeah. I reckon we keep moving. And then to tonight's game. So we're recording this um, Monday, the 10th of August. So right now, uh, have you seen the scores on the Friday yeah. Hawthorne game? Yeah, I have. No, I have. You have? Not happy. Um, Not happy. <laughs> keep moving. But the game before that, so I um, I was able to watch all this. You were tied up, but I did watch all this. St Kilda, um, Geelong. 34 to 93, 59 points. You know, you've seen highlights and the stats and all that, but, but the, you, you didn't miss yeah. anything. Um, Looks like a good game for about a quarter and a bit, and that was about it. It was okay. Look, I think St Kilda, um, St Kilda, similar to the Gold Coast at times, I mean, they really need to get better at peeling off and aiding defence. And it's for the Gold Coast, it's more, it's funny because it's almost the flip, well, it's almost the flip problem because the Gold Coast need to get, the, the Gold Coast def, uh, defenders need to get better at peeling back and not getting tricked. Whereas the Saints defenders, I, I think the mids need to assist at times. So the better teams, you know, Shuey and, you know, if you just pull out, we just talked about West Coast, so, you, you know, Shuey, Gaff and type of guys will peel back and assist defence where necessary. Um, that That's not going on um, uh, with um, St Kilda at all. The Saints. That, okay. That's a bit of a concern, um, and whether that's pace or confusion or I don't know. And I get it. Sometimes it's impossible because you think there's going to be a rebound. I better stay here. This isn't going to work. It's going to come back. Oh, no, it didn't come back. It went inside 50. It's like, oh, I get that. Obviously, that's going to happen. But then like four mm. or five times in a row, you're like, mm, it's starting to become a bit of a problem. Um, Geelong obviously problem. dominated really early. Um, the Saints, you know, stuck in it. They were controlling the ground balls. They weren't down, you know, too heavily early on. But, you know, they were really kind of hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. It never felt like they were a chance to win it um, unless things were to massively change. They played Dangerfield at forward vast majority of the time again to, you know, rest him, get him, you know, make sure he's obviously... Because, you know, the, the teams are going to get in trouble this year for resting players. So, um, you know, it's kind of uh, a little bit like the... Um, what's the word? Like Draymond got fined. Tanking. During the week. Well, kind of, but like the interference type stuff, getting fined for, you know, he, he made a comment about another team's play, you know, when to do that. So, um, yeah, they get, so they, they play him, but they're going to play him forward, which is great. I mean, his pace up forward was fantastic. Um, that I love that switch they do, and they're very good at doing it. That, you know, danger to Rowan move is sick. It's really good. It's great to yeah. watch. Rowan is probably and the best Rowan game too. Sorry, you go. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, it's just, I think it, it needs to happen if we want to see the best version of Dangerfield. You and I have been critical of one thing in his game, and that's goal kicking. So the more practice he gets up forward, the better. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I believe Rowan had a very, very good game along with Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins was fantastic. Um, yeah, Danger kicked, just going back to Danger for a second, he kicked one from outside 50. The Saints defenders thought there's no way he's going to make it. It was hilarious, and, and the umpire was like, Play on, play on. Like, as it, there was no chance of, of kicking the goal from where he was. And then he flushed it. Like, not, like, three rows back, but he kicked it. Like, he still kicked it probably yeah. 57, 58, 59 metres. A massive kick. Um, and then he looked 
as they were running back to the centre bounce, he had a bit of a wedge to the umpires who decided, hey, old mate, can, I can kick it from that far. That's all right. It's only directly in front where it's not so good. But um, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. But no, no, yeah, no, it was 20, 20, 30 metres out. So shot, not good. He was he was fantastic. I mean, he's obviously such a great player. He was very, very impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, look, uh, Rowan, obviously, I said as well, um, Saints just got completely blared at the clearance. And that's, that's it's obviously very... Um, it's very concerning when um, you've got for other teams, and Geelong are going to go deep this year. When you've got danger up forward, and they're blaring teams in the centre um, without danger there. So I thought Carlo was really poor. Uh, I, I don't know whether he's been a bit rattled by the action the other week um, in um, Rampy's hand. I don't know. Since then, I think he's been been a bit, he, a bit funny. He's also about to be a father again as well. So I don't know whether his mind's. On, on, on that, which is I've got no problem with it, but tell your team that you're just not mentally there so you can get someone else, if that's the case. I don't know. He, he, he looks, yeah, anyway. He looks a bit strange, hey? Um, yeah. But that's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a heap more to discuss, really. Um, obviously, Saints without Ryder, that would have made a little bit of a difference, but it didn't really make too much. I'm just having a look at the stats. But, you know, Saints, yeah. I thought at times they did really well with the corridor early on, given the pressure they were under, but as time went on, you know, Geelong owned the corridor and, and that was it. Um, that's the that's kind of the round we're up to. So, so far, um, obviously it won't matter to you, but um, to the listener, but 46 to 18, um, free or up by 28 points, up by a long way. Uh, we didn't tip anything in that game, so that'll be the game that we, we never tip. But um, I'm going to tip Freo currently with where the score's at. Uh, I'm probably not going to tip the Hawks, I'll be honest, in a massive comeback. Yeah, that's shit. <laughs> Um, no, I don't know. I obviously have not watching the game, but I mean, yeah. they're not kicking. They kick, kick two goals, six or something. So, I yeah. so I, I, I don't. I think we both. Did, I don't remember whether we actually discussed this game or not. Maybe we didn't. I well, in my our tipping app, um, we've got a little tipping competition that we do with a few friends. I, I tipped Freo, but um, so yeah. Look, not much to take out of the game. Saints, a little bit of a reality check. I did feel like Geelong were a better side. Um, I did think this. Look, if Saints played at their absolute peak. They might get close-ish, but no rider was a big concern. Uh, they were probably due a bit of a dip as well, and I just felt like that was going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah I, I was com- I was comfortable with Geelong winning this game as well. Yeah, yeah. So that is round ten slash eleven, and a fair amount of our thoughts and theories about what's going on at the moment in the AFL world. Um, all the best to you, uh, the listener. If you're in Victoria, stay safe. Um, keep a mask on, don't be stupid, stick to the rules. Um, hopstone.com.au, use the AFL Deep Dive code to get $25 off your first pack. Um, check out Beyond the Game TV. We'll be back. We're going to do an episode probably next Monday, I reckon. And then we'll. Yeah, I reckon. We're saying, yeah, I was just trying we're, to think. We're generally oh, free. When's when, when next so. Monday? When is Monday? What we'll, day we'll is a Monday? Do, we generally do Monday nights because then it means we can get it out early in the week. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, so, well, I'm just looking. It's a 7-10 game Monday. That's the only thing. Monday the 17th so, of August. Yeah, so do we... after the game. Oh. Seven, but that's only, that'll finish at 9. That'll finish at 9, 9.30. It's a little bit, you're right, it's about half. Well, anyway, we'll figure it out off, we'll the, figure uh, it out. off the airwaves. But we'll, we'll record yeah. at some point. We might do the Sunday Some night. point. Well, we might actually, the Sunday could be good, actually. There's a 16. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll all, figure it all out. All the best. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. 
Uh, any questions, hit us up, AFL Deep Dive, yeah. uh, rate and review, all that kind of stuff. For everyone in Queensland, SAWA, now the Northern Territory, get to the game. Go live, go go to a live game while you can. Yeah, I miss going to the football. I was thinking about that the other day. I think because there were two games recently that had big crowds in the West Coast, Carlton game and the Richmond um, Port game. It made me really want to go. Football. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Put a jacket on, jacket on drinking, and, um, drinking shitty beer in the stand. Drink terrible, disgusting, expensive beer. <laughs> and, you know. But it's great. Love it. Yeah, miss it. I, I love it. Yeah, I love. <laughs> <laughs> How is the MCG going to operate now that you, if you went to the toilet, you would get Ebola? Like, that's the other thing now. Like, it's, the, you know, will men finally wash their hands at the G? Imagine how long oh. it'll take to get into the toilet. Oh, for I might wind, just bring, uh, like, a two-litre empty bottle, I reckon. I, I, I'm not going in there. I'm just going to bring, like, a big very, It's always difficult, difficult with, uh, before this happens. I'm just going to get, like, one of those huge San Pellegrino bottles. And just take it with me, I reckon. I reckon that'd be more hygienic. Uh, all Cap- the best. Just this, get a capita. This conversation is going to get worse. Um, worse take care. Worse, Goodbye. Yeah. Cheers, guys. See ya.